Hello, hello, welcome back everyone. Welcome back to the Anatomy of a Rumor and welcome back Mr. Raul Bakaya. Hello, Shabbat, yeah. how are you? <laughs> Good man. Rahul is, for those who are listening for the first time, Rahul is the resident guest of this podcast. Uh, you will see him appearing after every few weeks. Uh, he's a guest, but he's not a guest. So, yeah. <laughs> How are you doing, Rahul? I'm good. I'm good. Just to add that I'm also the one who gives uh, Shabahat competition on uh, the best place to find biryani in Sydney. So, people yeah, may, people yeah, may like, think Shabbat knows all the places in biryani for biryani, but, you know, he has got a competition. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I don't think anyone can beat uh, Deccan flavors in Sydney, oh, yeah, but right, I mean, right. that's, another, that's another podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, today, we're going to be diving into a very interesting topic where we're going to basically talk about the right allocation between digital and physical marketing um, and how to go about allocating your uh, marketing budget properly and properly and how to create um, the right marketing mix because B2B marketing, uh, in fact any marketing can, cannot be reliant on a single channel and uh, how we go about creating that proper mix is something that Rahul is going to enlighten us today on. Sounds good Rahul? Sounds good. Okay, so um, Raul, since there are two main competitors when it comes to um, budget allocation, it's always digital and it's always physical, right? Um, so I want to first start by asking about what is the role of digital versus physical? How do you look at both when you're, um, what are the use cases, what are the objectives of both when you go about planning a marketing mix with, with these two channels? Yeah, so uh, the fundamental question, um, Shabbat, you need to ask is where would you meet the customer um, where the customer is willing to listen to you uh, with a maximum bandwidth? Uh, and, and that's the whole purpose of marketing um, is to communicate your value proposition in a way where customer can listen to uh, your value proposition and educate uh, himself or herself, uh, um, and giving you the whole 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 bandwidth basics, um, and that decides uh, whether you go into digital or events. And an example is, uh, uh, and and this is very anecdotal example. So, say for example, your B two B requires you to sell everything digitally, and your conversions are happening, and your monetary conversions are happening digitally. Um, chances of you going to an event uh, minimizes. Um, but if there are uh, uh, chances where you actually need to see someone physically, um, you know, human psychology, you need to have that, you know, uh, physical connection with, with your customer. They need to see you as a person. And in B2B, as you would know, uh, trust plays a big part, right? And when you see someone, when you hear from someone, when you listen to the conversation, how they talk, how they behave, how they pitch their, their sales, uh, you develop another, uh, I would say, level of trust with them as compared mm -hmm. to just going through the collaterals on, on the digital world. Um, so it just depends on where your customer is. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that, I mean, that's fundamentally speaking right i mean you uh, meet the customer where they are but in terms of the objectives of digital and physical i if i were to say 
if I if I were to talk about my own view of hmm. this, I would say that digital. I would prefer digital over physical anytime because I could use digital in every way. I could use it for brand. I could use it for uh, conversions. I could use it for basically pushing any kind of agenda that I want. But with physical, is it the same? I think I have a lot more control in the digital environment compared to physical. What do you think about that? Yeah, you're right. So physical and digital, they're completely different. You will have a completely different interaction, no matter how consistent your content is. Because the channel is completely different. You have videos, digital assets, uh, you have blogs, um, and, and then on another side, you have a real human being who is mm. conveying the message. So it will always be different the way the message is being uh, being conveyed. Uh, in if you take from a lens of scale, uh, digital will win any day. If your organization purpose is scale, scale marketing at scale, B two B marketing scale, events every day, any day, right? And I have got few reasons that I can enumerate why I, I say that is because when you're doing marketing at scale, there are certain factors, right? So say, for example, cost is a big factor. Right? Um, when you go on to events, it's not we think about events as just sponsorship for the for my marketing friends. They will go like, yeah, OK, you know, this event is going to cost maybe twenty, thirty thousand dollars worth of sponsorship on a diamond sponsor. We get a booth three by three and that's how we go. Um, but there's conference fee, there is flying, there's airfare for your sales team or your marketing team. Um, then there's driving, getting Ubers, getting taxi, and there is accommodation, travel, meals, entertainment, all that adds up. In the world of finance, uh, hmm. we uh, marketers tend to think that, oh, okay, only the sponsorship cost is going, but that's not true. So if your sponsorship cost is uh, 20K, add another 10 to 15K of the operational cost, right? Mm. Especially if, if the event is international, think about that, you know. Mm. Then um, there is time pressure as well. Mm. Uh, you know, while events may require you to book, you know, hotels and stay in advance, etc. compare that with having a virtual podcast like we are having. No pressure. Mm -hmm. We rocked up. Uh, we know what we are talking about. We can come up with questions. We can discuss, and uh, we can address a large audience, right? Mm -hmm. So that also helps to scale at a lower cost. Um, the other thing is there are certain risks around turnout rate and availability. So, so turnout rate is obviously you may have people who have registered for the event. They may not turn up. Um, their, their, their kid may be sick, uh, they had a fight, <laughs> uh, you know, they had a, uh, they have a quarterly meeting that they can't leave, so they, they may not actually turn up uh, to the event, that's a risk. And, um, you know, the availability as well, I mean, you, you may not be available to go and join the event and you may miss everything, right? Mm. With, with digital, what happens, it's always there, it's always available, right? You can record mm. your sessions. I say, for example, we record this session and we can play out snippets of these videos through your email newsletters and, 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 and do some paid ad campaigns. It will always be there. You'll have full control over it. So mm -hmm. what I would say when it comes to marketing at scale, I think digital wins. 
Yeah. What, so I, I want to I want to clarify that you 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 were very articulate about that. But one thing that I want I want you to be concise and precise on is that what how do you look at physical events? Are, are for you are they a brand play? Are they a sales play? Or are they an awareness play? What? How do you look at physical events? For you, if you were to pick one, I can't in what put them in one big bucket. What would you say? <laughs> I can't pick. I gotta pick two. It, I gotta okay. Pick two. Okay. 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 Do do them in the right priority okay. then. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my my CEO Ranjan, he he actually educated me on that. Uh, coming from a non marketer, right? So so he gave me a very good point of view on this one, right? So number one priority of events is you go and close deals. So think about it. And you're talking about sponsored yeah. events. So you think about it, right? You pick events very carefully and judiciously, right? Given. And then obviously you work out, if, you, if you're a good marketer, you'll work with, this, uh, with the event administration and you'll say, hey, listen, we need to know who is coming to your event. And then we start booking meetings in advance. You want to make sure that mm -hmm. we have advanced bookings with our prospects who are attending that that, that that meeting. That should be a KPI for marketers and, and the sales team as well. So event is a sales and marketing play, not just marketing play. And then when you go there, you attend meetings, you use that time to progress your deals because you think about it, right? If, say for example, there's an event in Sydney. So you may have all the companies that you need coming to that particular event. So you don't have to spend money to individually go and see them in the office. So from that point of view, you save money to close the deals or progress the deals, right? Yeah. The second thing is a brand play, obviously, because uh, your ICP uh, in large number is already there. And, yeah. and they're looking at if you do the events right, if you have proper pre-event and post-event planning, um, uh, you have the chance to... Uh, accelerate your brand and why I say accelerate your brand is to me brand is obviously not just the colors the logos and everything but also your sales team and your marketers speaking to the customers or, or, or future customers and mm. and delivering your messaging in a way mm. that you have defined whether it's being mm. humble being helpful being, being empathetic whatever your brand value tells you right so it's a brand play so it's a deal progression play and it's a brand play in that order. Hmm. That's that's what my opinion yeah. is. That's that's a very good answer. Very what good what answer. it's not though, and a lot of people are going to hate me for this, but what it's not though is a lead generation activity. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, I mean, there goes my next question. Where do you place them in the funnel? So you probably felt... Uh, place them close to the bottom of the funnel Absolutely. or maybe somewhere in the middle of the funnel middle to bottom of the funnel I would never put events at the top hmm. yeah. uh, funny we're talking about digital and uh, physical events um, I, I think a category which is a hot topic and which can be placed in both is ABM hmm. um, how, how do you look at ABM uh, and how like what do you think, where should ABM be ex executed predominantly? Should ABM be executed digitally um, or should a major focus be on physical events for ABM? 
So it depends on what you want from ABM predominantly, right? So if, uh, and, and as you would know, ABM would have like thousands and thousands of KPIs you can generate, right? Uh, I, uh, as a marketer, your KPI may be to uh, grow more awareness in your uh, key target accounts. Mm. Uh, as a marketer, you may have a KPI of maybe closing five deals from each um, target accounts annually, right? Mm. Um, if it's more awareness in your accounts, and if it's more um, uh, more downloads and uh, whatever that is, like, like if you if you have got downloading free trial, etc., if it's more of that, I would still recommend going digital. Um, mm-hmm. But if it's more around, uh, okay, you know, uh, we have a big ticket item. We have a big ticket item wherein we, we are selling software worth of millions of dollars. Um, you got you to go events as well. Mm-hmm. But you still have to do digital anyways. Because, mm-hmm. so see, think about this, right? Uh, when you go and meet someone in events, what you want when someone comes to your booth, right? There are two things they can say. Hey, uh, anatomy of a rumor, uh, what do you guys do? Or they can say, hey, anatomy of rumor, I've heard about you. I know what you do. The first one hasn't done any digital, 100%. Right? So when they're coming towards you, uh, they need to be aware of the brand already. And you can achieve that only through digital. Right? So, so. Mm. My recommendation would be don't go into digital, specifically if you're doing ABM, don't go into events without having a robust digital strategy in place. Because uh, I'm not sure how many events uh, you would have faced. You're a pure digital guy. I know that you're passionate about digital. Uh, like I, I have got white hair now attending a lot of <laughs> events. But <laughs> events is wild, wild west. You have... You have uh, basically five windows of networking and within those five windows of networking you have um, say for example 300 people getting in and they are exposed to around 50 sponsors say for example why would they choose you why would they spend their time while they're having coffee and muffins why would they come to you and talk to you right they'll come to you one one of the reasons would be Oh, that's familiar. Uh, I know them. I can go to them. I won't have an awkward conversation. I already know them. I can start start a conversation with them. I won't look stupid. I already know them mm. what it is. And then like, yeah, okay, yeah, what do you guys do? Can I grab a bottle or can I grab this? You know? <laughs> so, so customer feels smarter. So in ABM, you have to make sure that when they're attending the events, you have done enough digital marketing to educate your customers so they feel smarter when they go to your booth. Hmm. That that yeah. would be my advice. Uh, and another thing that I'm, 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 I've talked to a few clients about that as well is um, I think ABM through events or physical would make sense when you have a super enterprise client. Like these guys are huge, huge people and they... Rarely, they rarely pay attention to what's going on in the socials mm-hmm. or, or in the digital channels. I mean, that's probably a time where ABM through physical would make sense. Otherwise, a lot of the time, like you said, it would be a multi-threaded strategy where you would predominantly be on digital to create that awareness and then maybe use the physical event as a conversion yeah. point. Um, so, yeah, cool, cool. Um, 
while on that topic, even though we were not supposed to talk about that, I mean, another thing is probably intent data that I just want to quickly touch upon. I just want to know your take on intent data. Since we're talking about ABM, a lot of these tools, ABM tools are uh, centered around intent data as well. Um, so what's your take on the uh, usability or the efficiency of the intent data? How do, how do you look at it? Have, have you had a lot of, have you played around a lot with it or? I have. I have. Yeah. Um, so, look, intent data. If you if you if you get a right tool, and the 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 tools that will give you intent data are not cheap, um, mm. right? So, if if you get the right tool, you get the right intent data. Um, it's not having the most accurate data. It's what you do with that data that is very very critical, right? And I'll give you an example. Very. Um, uh, very crude example. So say for example, you have intent data around a marketing software. Hmm. Um, and this company that you're trying to close, it's in your ICP, your target audience, your target company must have account, you have to close this. And uh, you just see that their one of the intent data is, one of the few attributes of that intent data is that they already have an existing marketing automation software that is going to expire within the next six months. So you know they will be out in the market either to uh, renew that license or to get rid of it and, and find something else. That's number one. Number two, then you also, then you start doing some more research, right? Um, what are the reasons that your target account will either renew or cancel the license, right? Mm. Renew if the target account is really happy and they're like, I love this tool, right? Mm. And how you judge that, you see how many, the campaigns that they have been doing through that automation, has that increased or has that decreased? So mm. I'll give an example, like uh, uh, if I'm pumping in a lot of uh, HubSpot uh, related link that you know uh, it comes with a link when, when I'm sharing a lot of LinkedIn um, uh, posts and someone selling marketer to me they will look at it and they will go like yes their uh, contract is, is expiring in six months but damn they're using HubSpot like it is it worth is it worthwhile chasing them probably not because the propensity of them buying my license is very low but mm. if I see uh, a decline in, in the activity of using that tool, then I'll go like, yeah, let's reach reach them out. Hey, listen, Rahul, I've, uh, I've seen that you're not using that tool anymore. I've seen that little bit of a decline. Um, curious to ask, uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on the tool that you are currently using? But that yeah. kind of research does require a lot of in-depth um, in-depth study, right? So as I said, so, um, Insights will give, data will give you a lot of insight, intent data will give you a lot of insights. It's just of what you do with that. And this is where I have seen, including myself, this is where I have seen a lot of marketers tend to sort of can't execute. They have the data. What do, we, what do you do? Um, how do you train your BDRs to go and start hunting based on the intent data? How do you plan your perpetual nurture campaigns based on the intent data? I mean, I have failed, right? 
Um, mm. I have had experience where I have some success. Um, haven't seen. I mean, yes, I have seen actually where some of the folks have been very successful. Very successful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just about being creative with that data. Yeah. As far as what I'm getting from this, um, so from 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 as as a user and as someone who sells to the enterprise, I know with Prospect that you are selling to the enterprise. Um, give give a shout out to a couple of intent data tools that have been good in your experience. <laughs> Let's do some free marketing for some people. <laughs> a lot of a lot of a uh, lot of uh, user acquisition tools will have intent data. So I. I was actually looking at uh, so Zoom Info is good uh, for enterprise. It's 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 it is pricey, but it is good. Uh, I mean, then you have there's another platform called Enlift. They do a lot of they do very in-depth intent data, like something that I was saying before. And then you, uh, if if you integrate these intent data, a must, a must integrate this intent data with your website. Uh, throw in some cookies, then you will you will see. If these these folks are actually looking for a solution, and if they are looking at your solution, one thing um, uh, I have seen that that has come as a winner in intended, believe it or not, is G two Crowd. Okay. Yeah. So if you have a, a good subscription of G two, like I, I I went into a demo for G two, and then if you look at their um, uh, their intended capability, it's pretty good. And if you integrate with that 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 with LinkedIn and with your website. Uh, you can basically see because what is G2? It's a marketplace. Like people go and compare different B2B softwares, and then exactly. and then you can have a look at. Uh, so, so giving you just a crude example, right? I won't bore you to death with the details, but say for example, someone I'm getting bored to death with marketing details. <laughs> so someone man. is looking at. So say for example, I go to G2 and I look at HubSpot versus Marketo, right? And uh, in and if Marketo has got access to G2. Uh, enterprise mm. platform where they can see the insights, they would know someone from Prospecta is a uh, head of marketing from Prospecta is looking at HubSpot versus Marketo, right? Mm. And if you then integrate that with LinkedIn, it will actually show mm. you well who is the head of marketing at Prospecta software, and mm. then you tailor your uh, outreach emails like that. Hey Rahul, um, uh, what is your plan on your marketing automation in 2023? Oh, hmm. funny you ask. I was actually looking at some tools. <laughs> so G2 is pretty good. Yeah. 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 Nice. Okay. And uh, but G2 again, I'm assuming it's not going to be cheap, is it? I am not quite sure, but I think it won't be as expensive as something like Zoom Info. But I'm not sure. Don't uh, don't quote me on yeah. that. But. Um, the other thing is that G2 staff, again, this comes to branding, right? G2, uh, the people I've spoken from G2, all of them, is they're, they're, they're very good. They, they have the, hmm. the same vibe as HubSpot, very helpful, very empathetic. Um, hmm. um, so, 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 yeah, it's, it's, if, if, it, if they still come at premium, I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, going with them because hmm. it's just the kind of support they give. Then there's, G2 has another competitor called TrustRadius. That's another one. Mm, yeah. yeah. I don't, don't, don't give them any shout outs. <laughs> responded to my last message, so I don't want to talk about don't worry. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, um, we, yeah, intent data was something that was a personal curiosity. That's why we, I put that in. I mean, but going back to the topic of initially what we were speaking about physical and digital events, basically the B2B marketing mix. Um, 
a big problem as marketers, Rahul, and I mean, I'm sure you've faced that at some point yourself. I know now you have a lot of lobby inside your own company. People love you. I mean, you comment somewhere, there's like fans following you. But there would have been a time when you were younger and communicating about budget uh, and asking for budget uh, would have been a challenge. Uh, how do you communicate? Um, first of all, I mean, you, you said... Um, what do you think about um, the, the budget allocation in terms of uh, digital and physical events? Let's first talk about what your take on that is. Where do you think most of the budget should go, on digital or physical? Uh, hmm, very interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in B2B space, yeah, in B2B hmm. space, you got to spend money on digital. You hmm. got to spend money on digital, right? Um, events you gotta put in mix you can't avoid them completely under some certain specific situation you gotta have a very robust um, digital strategy simple reason how many times do you go to events once twice a year very rare how many times you use your phone yeah, right. 10 times a day. Yeah. So that's where your customers are already. So you want to make sure if your customers are already there, you want to be there in the best possible way. So mm. B2B, B2B is a lot of research mm. and little conversion. But that's exactly what I was trying to allude to in my question before I asked for that clarity. I now understand that you, kind of like me, I agree, digital does uh, deserve a lot of... Um, you. A majority of your spend nowadays so, so you, the so, so you folks not not i'm saying that you but because i think you're as old as me new folks in marketing they don't have to deal with another competition like like right now we just have to debate with digital versus events my time it used to be digital versus events versus print beat that Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, nothing beats a good old direct mail. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I'll tell you an example. My mentor um, uh, and uh, one of my um, digital marketing gurus from whom I've learned a lot, Sam. Uh, his name is Sam, Sam Shetty. And uh, um, so he told me an example, very interesting example. And uh, he went to... Um, a business and where the CEO was like, hey, listen, I understand you guys do this, uh, you know, social media marketing and PPC and all that digital stuff. Completely understand. But that's not really, I mean, we have been doing prints. We have been doing printing a lot of brochures. That's a long time back, right? A lot of brochures. I think it works for us. We want to do more ads, uh, but I don't know. I mean, we don't understand digital. I don't think that it works. And he was like, why don't we do one thing? You have a town hall right now. Why don't we go and ask uh, certain questions to your, uh, your your employees? Yeah, let's go. He went there. He was like, "All right, um, can uh, any can, uh, all the people who have made a recent purchase in the last week can all of you raise your hands?" And everyone like they're like eighty um, percent people raising their hands. All of the people who have made that purchase after reading a brochure, please raise your hands. No one raises their hand, right? Because no one reads the reads the brochure anymore. Brochure goes into the bin. So mm. that's how that expired. And now, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not doing um, 
a stupid comparison between events and brochures. Um, it's just because because you, events you can still track, exactly. not as sophisticated as digital. You mm. still track, but when it comes to tracking, and remember, you gotta you you still you are a cost center. Marketing is still mm. a cost center, and you need to tell the mm. business your your ROI. You will always mm. have um, good data with digital as compared to events. And, and it's beyond ROI sometimes, Rahul. I feel, um, especially when you're selling a high ACV product, um, the the executive teams or the decision makers are just not bought into the power of digital in that case. Uh, and they tend to be more inclined towards physical. In a situation like that, how do you suggest a marketer go about communicating the value and getting the right spend allocated towards digital? How to basically communicate to the stakeholder or, or the C-suite or the CFO, whoever it is? Hmm. Yeah, so basically you... Uh, when, so here's, here's, here's what I would advise first. If you see that someone who is holding the budget has got very strong opinions hmm. uh, i wouldn't debate that's a philosophical suggestion i wouldn't debate i think that's a very logical yeah. selection yeah. i wouldn't debate with them i'm like yeah okay no problem that's what you want to do let's do that if someone comes to you and asks you hey listen i'm confused between doing an event and a digital campaign hmm. uh, how do i allocate the best question you can ask from my opinion only and your audience may have different opinions from my opinion is just ask what is your end goal what would you like to see after this campaign if the answer is i want to see uh, after i spend this money i want to see some deals come through i want to see uh, you know I'm, I'm i'm trying to get into this 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 account and I would like to get them in my active pipeline, go for events, hmm. right? Do a little bit of the uh, digital, but allocate some, some in events because you want to go and see them physically, shake hands, close the deal, move forward. And if they hmm. go like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, I mean, not a lot of people know about us. We need to build up hmm. a brand. We need to let people know that we are leaders in this uh, in what we do, uh, and 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 we need to uh, increase our user base, our audience base, digitally. Because when when you listen to these words, this is all scalability, and you can't achieve mm. that from event events. So you mm. say, okay, listen, um, if you want to do this, I mean, we can go events way as well, but uh, you know, then you can get into nitty gritty. Like cost per impression is gonna be over the roof. And mm. I can get you the same result with this one, and I can show you the matrices. Um, always come up with a little bit of research, and mm. there was this research done by Google um, probably a decade ago when I think Google was still marketing their paid services. Uh, and uh, uh, so they came up with a research. I don't remember the number properly, but it takes around on, on digital platform, on, a buying platform it takes around 327 or some something along those interaction for a prospect to convert into a customer mm. right now you think about b2b <laughs> that was d2c <laughs> right so and that was 10 years was ago 10 years ago now you, you <laughs> convince more you know you need exactly to, there's a lot more noise than before you convince more uh, yeah. the other thing i i say is um, 
a trump card i would say um is always use uh, the uh, idea of uh, uh, things that that are beyond your control so today you know uh, i don't know uh, how much of your audience have faced uh, the covid repercussions of the events i did personally uh, i had to cancel a lot of events and that came as a cost to the business and uh, if i wasn't ready digitally we would have lost a lot of business right um so if you think from an economic perspective and this is this is why you they teach economics in marketing so you can listen to macroeconomics right and if you think from a macroeconomics perspective that there is there are events such as recession going to happen interest rates are going to go high you know um all those things maybe cut down on your events because if interest rates mm-hmm. are going to go high and companies are going to go on budget cuts they won't sponsor travel for your customers mm-hmm. right they will go like no 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 we 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 can't let you go and attend events um just stay at your office and, and do some digital work right think about mm-hmm. those things mm-hmm. as well yeah cool cool um that that was uh originally supposed to be the um the final point talking point but i just came up i think there's this is a hot question right now and a lot of people would have that in in their mind i want to know your take on it um a lot of uncertainty in the market we talked about macro you just touched on macroeconomic conditions and we are going through a macro uh, uncertainty in terms of our um financial markets and economic conditions are you seeing repercussions of it uh, in your business are you are you seeing a um hesitancy towards buying software uh, or are you seeing no difference at the moment and how if and how are you preparing yourself for how are you bracing yourself for any uncertainty down the road uh, so i won't comment too much on 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 what we are doing at prospect obviously because of the confidentiality but uh, uh prospecta is pretty strong you know mm-hmm. um, um all thanks to to uh, rc orangen and and our cfo having a robust strategy uh we don't spend like crazy right we are and we do spend but we spend around our, our outcomes even if when i'm going to events i have specific outcomes if i'm doing a campaign i have specific outcomes and um, so so for us it has been it has been really good our our customers have been really good uh, and uh, we have been serving our customers and they are happy um in general um as i i've been seeing uh, and my commentaries around general tech business as well as you can see unfortunately we are seeing a lot of layoffs and that's not good mm-hmm. um i don't know or maybe i'm too immature to understand this but i don't know how cost saving starts from firing people at the first place i i don't know how that i don't know what is that understanding of, of um and then i've seen certain organizations where raising capital and then letting people go um it's there there are a lot of uh, complicated discussions happening as to why this is one of one of very interesting um one of very interesting uh take on this um letting people go and and the tech crunch uh i heard from was from a very experienced person on linkedin uh, 
probably with an experience more than our age. <laughs> um, and he said a very interesting thing, right? I don't remember his name, but he said a very interesting thing. Right? He said a lot of these entrepreneurs, when they go and open a company, they do not have the management experience of being a CEO, right? I mean, you got 25, 30 years old, going, opening, and becoming a CEO. So, so, so when it comes to uh, maybe getting into uh, a very difficult situation, um, they may not have empathy towards the employees. Uh, they mean, oh, maybe even just the strategic maturity. Yeah, yeah, that's the right word. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Spot yeah. on. Right. So they may not have that strategic uh, maturity, um, but that only mm. comes with time. Even I don't have that strategic maturity, right? So today you will go like, hey, listen, let's let's become a CEO of this. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to. Like, I would want to, but I wouldn't be able to, right? I don't have because I'm not thinking twenty years down the line. I'm used to think like two years, three years four years down the line, right? Um, and this is all this gig and Gary Vaynerchuk kind of, <laughs> yeah, do it now, produce everything. <laughs> Content. <laughs> the garage, garage sale. Uh, and, 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 you know, people not respecting the wisdom and knowledge they used to get from schools and, and universities where they teach all these things and then spend a lot of time with organization and learn from mistakes, learn from mistakes. Um, hmm. I think we don't give enough credit to the experience now. Hmm. And that's where I think from my point of view, that's where uh, tech is failing. I mean, look at look at uh, look at the data breaches. Like, hmm. I mean, say for example, if there was like a cybersecurity engineer on on and leading the cybersecurity team, do you think you'll go like, ah, oh, no, we don't need cybersecurity measures. We'll be fine. <laughs> you know, you'll go like, put all the measures in place, and you know, I'm definitely hmm. that was a stupid breach. Hmm. Right, and and that's why I think we don't we don't uh, respect expertise and experience anymore. Hmm. Just a quick question before I, I, I want to try rapid fire around sure. with you, which I haven't, but before we go into that, have you been PR trained? Why do you ask? Because you very smoothly ignored the real question and moved it away from prospecta into... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was smart. I like that. <laughs> I told you the so truth. there's something... <laughs> Uh, and I was in, interested in that, and that's when I realized, hang on a sec, he played me there. But, but, <laughs> okay, here's, here's I'll, I'll answer in another way. So our CEO has probably got three decades of experience. Mm. Right? So, so he sees these things, like probably mm. six, seven months in advance, and he starts preparing. Mm. Right? There's, mm. there's so much I learn when I'm sitting with him. Um, and same goes for our CFO, uh, Julian, and, and, and he has got, I mean, he's, he's ex-Deloitte and he's been partner, he's been CEO. And these folks, they, they, they have experience more than my age. And mm. when they see things, mm. they, they, they know how to uh, mold, to, to outperform in these kind of difficult situations. Yeah, and exactly that, that's, exa I mean, Bang on! That that exactly goes back to your initial point where you said, I mean, these people lack experience, and hence them the short term mm -hmm. thinking. 
fire 10 people. Well, you have to fire 10 people because you didn't prepare in advance and now you're in a shithole situation where you need to preserve cash from some place to survive another couple of months. And an employee is the best way to do it. So, very nice. Um, okay, Rahul, um, I haven't done this with you, but I've started doing this thing with the last few um, guests on the show where I do a little rapid fire session. Um, it, it's, a, it's a mix of uh, personal and professional questions. Right. You need to answer very concise, uh, concisely and very quickly. Okay. So you ready, Ver? Yep. Okay. Let's go. Okay. For it. Let's go. A movie or season you're watching? Shit. None. Oh man. <laughs> oh, your your life sucks, man. <laughs> what kind of an what kind of an Indian are you? I mean, Bollywood, man. I mean, no. anything. No movies. I've seen it all. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll give you that. A podcast you're listening to. Anatomy of Roma. And that's true. I don't listen what? to anything else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm flat. Um, yeah, flattered, man. Favorite food? Biryani. <laughs> uh, yeah. Favorite book? Uh, how to s- explain SEO to your boss or to anyone. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> I, oh, actually, I received the the copy recently. I just put it somewhere. I received it this 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 oh, afternoon. Okay, do let me know how oh, yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, certainly. Um, favorite holiday spot? Uh, India. Okay, anywhere particular in India. Do a lot of shopping. Do yeah. eat lot lot of food. Um, and go to go to old Delhi and, and eat all the uh, street food. Uh, are you from Delhi originally? No, I'm from Jammu. I'm not from Delhi. You're from Jammu. You're a Kashmiri. <laughs> that explains the fair complexion. <laughs> <laughs> favorite brand and why? In what? In what? Yeah, like favorite brand in 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 like what in clothing or in. It could be anything. A brand that you admire. Oh, the brand that I admire, Tom Ford. Well, I don't need a why for that. <laughs> I think it's self-explanatory there. <laughs> A, a, a thought leader you follow? Uh, I follow a few. I follow uh, Seth Gordon. Uh, mm-hmm. For marketing, I follow Seth Gordon. Um, I do follow... Uh, some. Uh, sometimes I used to follow Neil Patel as well. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a little bit of uh, yeah, a knowledgeable person mm. uh, as well. Yeah. Hmm. With, with Seth, I don't know if you can call him a marketing personality anymore. I think he's become a leadership and a product guy now. Who's? Because all his marketing advice is all about products now. He says the marketing is all product. Yeah. Well, Seth Gordon. Seth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. very philosophical as well sometimes. So, yeah. hmm. Favorite marketing marketing channel. Favorite marketing channel. Oh, that's uh, yeah. It all depends on what, but I'll uh, currently I'm using a lot of LinkedIn. So LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Ah, cool. Hmm. Favorite martech tool. HubSpot. Huh. An unpopular marketing opinion. An unpopular marketing opinion. Hmm. Uh, make the logo bigger, it will give you more sale. <laughs> Maybe that's another podcast again. Um, most valuable lesson in your career? Expand on what you can control. Don't worry on what you can't. 
your life shouldn't be governed by what people think but should be governed by what you can do excellent what role did a mentor play in your career and who was that mentor i had few i think we touched yeah, on yeah, that i had few um from so i had few mentors one for marketing one for software for example when it comes to obviously financial investments and and and, and one for life uh, I think from from a marketing point of view, uh, Sam has been a good mentor, and uh, he was the one who shared a lot of customer conversations with me around digital. Taught me a lot around digital. I think life mentor would be my wife. <laughs> uh, she she yeah she's my north star, so she can tell me you know mm-hmm. where I'm going wrong, where I'm going right, and I do the same thing for her. So yeah, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, my wife is my coach as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, advice for a young marketer or an aspiring marketer learn the basics of marketing first before jumping into channels you need to mm. you need to understand four P's study economics um, study the effect of psychology human psychology uh, cognitive behavior um, all those things before you actually start jumping on creating a Facebook ad Excellent, excellent. The final question and the big one. If I gave you ten million dollars tomorrow, what would you do with it? If you give me ten million dollars tomorrow, mm. oh, I, I, you know what? I always don't spend it all on LinkedIn, though. <laughs> ten million dollars just for me? Yeah, yeah, it's yours. Yeah, what would you I, do? I always, uh, if I get ten million dollars, what I what what will I do? Right. And I, I, I actually have a prepared answer for that, believe it or not. Yeah. Go for it. Um, first, pay off my home loan. Uh, second, um, uh, rest of the money, I will keep uh, one million for uh, my leisure. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the 70% of the money, I will distribute in buying seven different properties. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and then resign and then just... <laughs> to work and spend all spend all the time with my wife and, then, and my kid, and then wear nothing but shorts all the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> Funny enough, I, I actually don't. I, I mean, I don't know if it's relevant or not, but I don't actually own a pair of shorts. Damn! I, I Damn! Shorts. <laughs> I think I. I, I oh, no. So it's a thing. Like you know, when uh, my father, he was very strict on what you will wear when you go outside your house. And he was like, mm. look, if you're going for a meeting, you've got to wear trousers. Your jeans needs to have uh, proper hems and uh, shorts. You're not young enough to wear shorts. Mm. You know, you're, you're, mm. you're, you're, you know, you're adult, wear jeans, wear pants, mm. cover your legs. Mm. <laughs> so I actually never <laughs> got into thongs and shorts ever. Yeah, my father was quite the opposite, actually. He was a very strict man in very other in various other departments of life. But when it came to clothing, like I, he wanted bare minimum. Right. Like he used to come back from the office and it was a singlet that he was rocking all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Um, look, man, ex- excellent chat as always. You and I initially thought we will go 25, 30 minutes and we're almost at 50 minutes. So... <laughs> um, great having you man um, thanks for your time thanks for the insights and look forward to catching up again likewise Shabbat have a nice day ciao